Hello, hello, and welcome to a very exciting episode of She Podcast. I am your host, Jessica Kupperman. With me, as always, is the very vocal Elsie Escobar. And hopefully today, the very non-vocal John Jamingo. <laughs> what a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Yes. It I is. Know, thank you. We are fired up today because lots and lots happened at PM Evolutions, which was last week. I can start the conversation with some blanket statements before I never get to talk again for the rest of the show. So I'm just going to keep going. No, yeah, but tell, tell them what, what, what PM is. Okay, podcast movement is a grass was is a grassroots <laughs> podcast conference. It was the very first one. It started long, long ago in 2014. I have 13 or 14, I believe. Well, and it started with 400 people. It was a Kickstarter. They are the ones that gave me the idea to do our Kickstarter. And it has evolved from a yearly conference that travels all over the country to now a bi-yearly. Is it bi-yearly if it's every other year or twice a year? It doesn't matter. It's twice a year. Two times a year now as of this year. It's, uh, this, and so last week was the very first version of what they're calling evolutions, which was more of an industry focused. They did still have like a newbie track, but. Last week in LA, they had like a more industry focused version of this conference and like all the big players were there and some announcements were made and some things happened. I would like to say, because there's a couple articles and things we're going to get into, before we start with that and the announcements and the news and stuff, I just want to say this. Being one of the original Kickstarters of Podcast Movement, I'm very proud and impressed that they've taken their event and turned it into something that the industry, the big parts of the industry, NPR and Spotify and Patreon. I'm very proud. Clap, clap, John, clap. I'm very, I'm very proud that they've created an event that those guys respect, attend, are passionate about, you know, not just sponsor, but like, I'm happy that there is, that 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 there is something for that and that it was started by someone you know by by what i'd like to call like the the grassroots community us it was us, by us but i don't want there to be like an us and them so i was trying to avoid that but <laughs> but i am impressed and very proud and i want to congratulate them for a successful event it looked beautiful yeah. and i am filled with horrible regret that i did not go for several reasons the main one of which is that, you know, I do feel like by not attending, I've missed out on a certain aspect of knowing the feel and the movement of the industry. And as an event planner in this industry, perhaps that wasn't my best plan. It was, it's very close to PodFest and I am helping with that. But next year I will build time into the schedule for whatever I'm doing to attend because I don't want to not be there if there's going to be you know, announcements and keynotes and and schmoozing and like getting to see people that I'm trying to cultivate relationships with. Like, I do feel like I missed out on that. And I, I am both equally proud for them. And as I am horrified for myself that I didn't go. So there's that. So uh, let's get into, I guess, some interesting stuff that happened over the weekend. And I don't know, Elsa, if you want me to summarize it, or if you would like to summarize it. I actually just want to Correct the record. I'm already before, being corrected. Yes, just Perfect. before we start, 
when you said that, that this was the first podcasting conference, it was not. Before we had the Partable Media conference that happened in the early in Ontario, California, in the early 2000s, if you will, or like 2005, 2006, something like that, which yeah, well, then the became the podcast, right. podcast and Portable Media Expo that then became and slowly got like sucked into the new media expo. And what podcast movement was, was the sole, this was like podcasting specific, the first time that it was a podcasting specific conference. And it was funded by Kickstarter, which was the very first time that that has ever happened. Uh, any of the other conferences, of course, came from, you know, either other entities, or they weren't funded in this fashion. But podcasting had been represented early on. That's it. So you can go ahead and summarize the rest of the stuff. I just okay. wanted to correct that record for... So videos. it seems that during a keynote, Wondery announced what is now being called the Podcast Academy and that they're going to have a yearly... I'm looking up because I'm trying to remember it in my head. Um, they're going to have the yearly awards show similar to the Oscars and the Grammys called the Golden Mics. And immediately someone mentioned the already put together Academy of Podcasters, which is not the Podcast Academy. And Hernan Lopez, who is the one who announced this, said... That website is no, you know, it's no longer happening. And we checked with them first before, before going forward. And I think that that response brief for a busy man who was in LA for a conference, it sort of set off a chain reaction of what the fuck. Well, yeah, because it was just miscommunication. It was just, it ended up to just be miscommunication because the Academy of Podcasters has not gone anywhere, nor has the Hall of Fame. And, you know, they don't have any intention of ignoring the inductees or pretending as if independent podcasters don't exist. But for a good couple of hours there, it really felt like they were purporting that nothing ever existed and they were the first to start it. And aren't we all impressed with them? And no, they weren't. They were not impressed. There was a huge back channel discussion, huge backlash on Twitter. Now it is all worked out. But Elsie was kind enough to give me the keynote announcement via video, which, by the way, I read via transcript because I hate video. And um, (laughs) good job, James Cridlin. Yes, thank you, James. Um, I I would like to start by talking about the announcement itself, and then we can just go chronologically if you want. But so in the announcement, he makes a very interesting anecdote about how we're on this beautiful paradise and everything is wonderful. But we're not getting paid enough money and um, no one's giving us any respect. AKA Howard Stern talking about how podcasts are for losers four years ago, five years ago, which by the way, I heard that discussion as it was happening and I was truly horrified as it was happening. Um, he doesn't say that anymore. So then he said along came some aliens and they came down with their big brands and their lots of money and their ideas. And instantly the paradisier, the parrot, Paradisians were angry and said, well, you can't come here to paradise and screw up all of our pretty flowers. And they said, but wait, you were complaining five minutes ago that it had no money and no respect in the industry. We're trying to give you that. And then he said, you know, the reality is that, you know, 
we can, I mean, there was a lot of like, we can all get along and the independent artists are worthy of respect. And he's still very excited that anyone with a microphone in a garage can build something successful. You don't have to have a team, but he did admit that it does help. And I was with him. I was with him. I was agreeing right up until the point when he said, and you know what's going to give us respect? Our own award show. <laughs> and then I was like, well, that was a left turn. What the hell? It almost was like we were, he worked really hard to get the buy-in and we were, and I was right there like, yes, we're artists, but we can still be successful and we can all get along and everything's going to be great. And now we have to attend like an Oscars. What? Why is what? Since when does that garner? I mean, does it? Does that, is that the thing that's going to help us gain media respect? I'm not sure about that approach. Or why do we want, I mean, I feel like we are gaining respect as a medium and I'm not sure what, like who exactly is that supposed to impress? I guess that's my first question. Who is that supposed to impress that will make other, is it, is it the general pop that's supposed to be like, well, they have an award show and it's been hosted by Conan O'Brien. So they must be cool. How is that relevant? Do you have any idea? Elsie Escobar. Yeah, no. And it was really interesting because I did listen to the Q&A. Um, so in addition to all the stuff. Oh, that like must have was, been riveting. There was some conveyance as to why it was. And I think Carrie Hoffman answered a question that was very interesting and, and part of, of uh, meaning why do we need awards? And one of the, some of the things that they said was that it had to do with whenever somebody wins an award or whenever somebody is nominated for an award. Let's take the Oscars because that just happened. So whenever a, a movie is nominated for an award, there's a lot of categories that you see, you know, whether it's makeup or whether it is, you know, the, the best actress or whatever. And then you see the names, right? And then you might go, oh, look, I watched that movie. Oh, I didn't watch that. Oh, I have never heard of that person or I've never seen that movie before. And then you go see the movie and then it might like either make careers or have somebody all of a sudden this movie like really has legs. And then there the, 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 was another woman. And I'm, I'm sorry, I don't know which one of the other women other than Carrie that were on stage because there were uh, two other women plus Carrie on stage said it's kind of like what happened with the, you know, the the movie that just won Best Picture, which was the first time that a, I, I believe it's a Korean, Korean. language Korean language movie has earned the Best Picture Oscar. And they essentially won, they won so much, right? So that in itself is like bringing more people, more eyes to a movie that may or may not have ever gotten the light of day in, in the way that we might imagine. Right. So that's what they're saying. Right. That now we have this in our radars. Maybe the people in the movie, maybe the director in the movie can go on and continue to create better work for us and expand our industry. Now, can you tell me how many years the Oscars have been going on? Can somebody Google that real quick? No, no. He had it in the speech. It was like 1929. Okay. And then um, the Grammys was 19. It was like 29, 39, 49. For okay. The, yeah. For the All right. Oscar. So yeah. it looks as if. Maybe, and I'm going to be really sarcastic here, y'all. So I'm just, I'm, it well, looks thank like you for with, prefacing. Otherwise, yes, know. no I'm one so would sorry. know. I'm so sorry. So it seems <laughs> like in, I don't know how, almost, uh, or how, how many years? I don't want to. 1929, the Oscars, 1949, the Emmys, 1959, the Grammys. Okay. So let's say heading to almost 100 years, 
almost, right? Yes, 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 almost. And actually, this we, year was ninety. Okay, so ninety years. In about ninety years, we 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 as a independent podcasters might be recognized. <laughs> I don't that know. That is funny. You know, that I don't know. Is, that's an interesting point, but also, uh, sorry, Oscar's so white. How often oh, do we see not. that hashtag? I know. Okay, but so what I'm it saying was so is so white this year. So what I'm saying is it doesn't matter how how many years has it been though. It's been ninety. But they also have the SAG Awards and the Golden Globes and the French films and the indie films and the right, BAFTA. Right. Totally, yeah. And the and yes, absolutely. And we yeah, can have, have those things too. And maybe the those people's things will, choice, the people's yeah, choice. Yeah, we'll be maybe we'll just be like more passionate of- about the other ones. I mean, I agree with you, and I hear what you're saying. I just I, I'm not even sure why it's like even relevant. I'm just not sure why it's relevant. Like, I mean, what was relevant was I love the way he he said like TV was called the, you know, the boob tube, the dumb box, the babysitter, yeah, you know, totally, radio, totally. radio yep, yep. every medium has been ridiculed in some way, shape every or form. Every medium, for sure. I don't see podcasting, you know, this is maybe it's five years too late, which is why the Academy of Podcasters was so cool when it happened, because I don't see people really ridiculing it right now. Maybe five years ago when they started this, but like it was going along swimmingly and then... And then, you know, now I guess the corp casters have decided it wasn't good enough or they didn't want to invest money into it or they just want to start something different. Now, I do think Hernan and Carrie from PRX, they're all amazing people, very smart, good people, thoughtful people. And I don't think their intention is, in fact, Hernan even said specifically, our intention is to be inclusive and not exclusive. And I'm sure they're not going to have an academy full of old white men like the academy that votes on the Oscars, which is why Oscars so white every year is because those voting, the voting entities are a hundred and they're all white and they're usually, you know, they're mostly men. So that happens because it's old. This is new. We can create it however we want. And I say we, because I don't think that we're invisible. And I think we proved that on Twitter. I think that that backlash was probably unexpected, but it certainly wasn't ignored. We were right. not, we, and I, and I even hate saying we because I don't really, I would like to admit that I have new podcaster privilege. Yeah. <laughs> we are segregating yeah. in that I haven't been there from the beginning. I wasn't a member of the Academy of Podcasters, but I'm not a Hall of Fame inductee and I still won't be eligible for that for another like four years. So I know that I'm relatively new. I do care about the industry a lot and, I do support it 24 hours a day, but I don't really have the right to say we, but I can say that I thought that everyone was heard when they voiced their opinion, especially you, which I think was good and the right thing to do, even though it was hella long for Twitter. Um, (laughs) Well, you haven't been hanging out on Twitter, Jess. I know. I need to. I'm trying to get into it more. Yeah, it was a long thread. So I did. I'll put a link in the show notes to the thread that I wrote. Yes, please Um, do. And I do find that. I think I've, this is off subject here, but I've talked about this here in She Podcasts a lot. And I really do not like Facebook. And I've said that over and over and over again. What? I you? find, 
Um, I know. I find it to be, I don't, I just don't like that medium. I don't like the, what it does. I have been very, I like Twitter because there, it feels to me that it's, um, I don't know, it feels different. I like the, the way that people do threads. I like the way that thought leaders are in Twitter. Um, I love how they impart knowledge to each other. I love how I've gotten to know so many voices that I didn't even know existed. I love how I can follow people and they don't know that I'm following them (laughs) because I'm a lurker and I'm a very, uh, you know, I'm not somebody that's like, I don't want to let you know, like, I don't even like to go into webinars and have people know that I'm watching the webinar. Like, I, that's why I never go because I don't want people to go, Hey, Elsie. How you doing? Like, I do not want to be acknowledged unless I want to be acknowledged. And and so there's an element of anonymity to information that I like. Uh, anyway, that said, I wrote this thread because I felt that it was the best way to reach an audience that wasn't my own silo. Does that make sense? Yes. Because if I would have put it on my Facebook page, who would have seen that? I have like, what, 400 likes? You know what I mean? I mean, I'm not saying yeah. that there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying the algorithm, <laughs> the algorithm on Facebook is such that unless it's something like crazy viral, you're not going to get people sharing it. You know right. what I mean? Right. People are not going to see it. I could put it on my own on the on our She Podcast Facebook group, but even then, only a few people would have seen it. This is what I, I felt like if I wrote something like that on Facebook on the Facebook, I would have gotten. Wait, what what ha- what happened? Wait, what what is this? Wait, what what is podcast what is podcast movement evolution? Wait, there's an award ceremony? Wait a minute, what? And so I would have been like, you know what? I don't want to answer questions about that. I just want to I just want to get it out to as many people as possible here or at least to be heard, to feel like I had a voice. And yeah. part of the reason that I felt, I guess <laughs> You know, when I and and I spoke for the major for what I felt is that I I was speaking for those OGs of us that have been around for a long time. And it's funny that they call that you call yourselves OGs because very few of you are gangster. You are correct <laughs> about that. But there has been, a, and I said that a systematical erasure of our history, essentially, because nobody knows. Like even if I say names, like, and I'm not. I'm not bringing this to your attention to to make anybody feel bad here, but no, no, with the whole podcast, the podcast and portable media conference, like that's where the OGs met for the majority. We would go there to all of those different times, right? So that conference already happened. Like there's a lot of things that have already happened that they're no longer in existence that were started before, <laughs> I guess, 2014, which seems like that's like the year that... I don't know, it is a seminal year. It's it like it a, seems like, you know, whatever. It all of a, a sudden banner became, year for some reason. It's a reason, banner yeah. year for whatever reason. So anything before that seems to not be good, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or not good, but not seen. And and unfortunately, that's what sucks. Like even when it comes to like the simple things like, oh, look, this is the first directory of X, Y, and Z. And you're like, uh, no, there was another one, but it's now no longer in existence because for whatever reason, or we are the first company that has dynamic ad insertion. And it's like, you guys, do you know that companies have had dynamic ad insertion? Stop saying you're the first. Don't do that. 
It's do your ridiculous. Bin, do your due diligence. Make do some research. And then what really pissed me off, and it wasn't necessarily obviously the the discussion that you're having is great, Jess. I mean, but but one of the things that I brought on my thread was the fact that the reporting in the industry, and I'm talking in the industry, not our own people, not Sky and James and Ed, who all have podcast related newsletters and are reporting on our space. But we're talking about people who report for or write articles for Bloomberg, Variety, Forbes, The Hollywood Reporter, all of those things that are reporting on podcasting as if it started five years ago. And they don't acknowledge even that there's anything besides the corporations that now have VC funding or come from old media, if you will, or legacy media, either radio or public radio or whatever that have come into the scenes. And those companies are seen as established. iHeart, Spotify. Yeah, well, of you know, course. But they, when did they get into podcasting, though? I mean, iHeart Radio, what? It was like maybe three years ago. Spotify, same thing about they have dubbed themselves experienced because of all their years in radio right and so therefore that's what they are and that's what really irks and particularly with you know a quote that i have on that thread which is like that you know podcasting i guess was born from the i don't know from the hallways of public radio or something i don't know something along those lines where it's like uh, no no it was not and nobody is going to do the research. Nobody wants to look back. Nobody wants to acknowledge anybody else who went before them. Um, and I'm sure that if I met, start mentioning names of people, people are going to be like, I don't know who that is. Well, that's right, because nobody cared. Nobody cares to do any research. <laughs> no. Nope. So that's what they I was really... dub themselves first and original. And it's never the case, ever. So reporting needs to be better. Particular nuanced reporting that is, is covering the podcasting industry needs not only be, because I don't know if you've seen this, but there generally is no analysis, but there is a regurgitation of PR releases. There is essentially word for word, this is what happened. And then they quote a few numbers, but they don't, and I'm talking about reporters here, they don't understand podcast listeners. They don't understand podcast technology, as in like they don't really know the difference between a listen and a download and why people are using two separate vocabulary terms. That in itself could be a, a fantastic piece yep. for a reporter to tackle. The way that it's moved, who are the distribution? Because distribution now is being viewed as distribution companies like Spotify or iHeartRadio or um, who else? Like even Wondery as a distribution and a company. And that's what about the podcast hosts? Those are the ones that actually <laughs> distribute your podcast. And I'm not just talking from Lipson perspective. I'm talking about all of the podcast hosting companies, all of us like Simplecast and Buzzsprout and Blueberry. And those people are the ones that are disseminating, I would say, 90% of all podcasts out there, they are the ones that are putting those shows out. They're the ones that are hosting this media. And none of them, I mean, did you hear Apple Podcasts mentioned at all? No, but I did see Steve Wilson was on his way there at one point. Okay, well, 
Awesome. I'm just... What's your point? Even that, my point is, regardless of the <laughs> white elephant in the room and how I often... White elephant. Yeah, of, the, of how I'm, I'm critical. I'm critical of, that, of Apple podcasts. I'm critical of Apple's power in the space at times. Not because I don't value what they've done, but because you have to be able to be critical. You have to be able to do that, particularly with somebody who wields so much power, right? But they've been historically there, whether, you know, we can debate whether or not they, sh- they are, have been actively be in, involved in it. But what was very disheartening is to see that at least at this moment, they were never even acknowledged. And if Apple, like, I just feel that they're so important. They're really important, whether you want to or not. You need to hear from them as much as you need to hear from people like us, like me, who don't have training in audio. So I am not a legacy media person who was just put into this space, right? I am not pivoting. I have not pivoted my career from radio to be a podcaster now. I have not left public radio to be here now. I have not gone to school as a broadcaster. I have not worked in the the coasts or in any radio station. I had never recorded or edited audio before until I started podcasting. Everything that I know about the medium, I have learned by myself in my house. The training that I've gotten has been from my fellow podcasters who have been incredibly amazing at being able to go, Elsie, no, this is what an RSS feed is. This is a dynamic microphone. This is a condenser microphone. This is how you edit your shows. This is how you post it. This is metadata. These are ID3 tags. Like I know all of that stuff, not because I went to school, but because I have now been podcasting for over 13 years and have thousands of hours of podcast production under my belt whether it's good or bad, it you know, could be debated. But I have, the, my hands have been dirty. You know, I'm in it. Right. I've brought communities together. I've seen podcasting grows. We've built this, Jess. We've built this. We built this city on rock and roll. We did. I mean, I again, we were also born in 20, she podcast. I'm talking about she podcast 2014 birth, right? Yes. So from 2014 up to now as well, we funded, again, a, a, the, I guess the second Kickstarter for the largest women's podcast conference ever. Yeah, we raised a lot more too, but that's neither here nor there. Right. But by our community though, you yeah. know what I mean? Our women. Yep. And yes, we did have some corporate Casters, and we did have some support from independent media companies that did step in into the uh, Kickstarter side of things to to kind of give us a little extra money here and there. But I would say they were maybe ten percent. Would I say? I mean, I'm just guessing. I have no idea. But the majority of the people who donated it to the Kickstarter were our people. Yes, of course, they were our people. They were certainly women. weren't a lot of strangers. That's for sure. No, that's right. And they pushed it. And then the number one comment that we had from our conference was that I was like floored and I, and I, I cry even thinking about it is that it was, it was like, it was non-hierarchical. I know. I did love people saying that to me that everyone felt equal and even when they were there. That was really special and important to me. I agree. You have to talk because I have to get myself together. Okay. (laughs) You know, it's true that in a lot of events and actually most events, speakers and exhibitors and keynoters, they can kind of, I don't want to say separate themselves, but as a new person, you can feel a little bit like 
imposter syndrome that you don't belong there. And I, I loved hearing over and over and over that there was no feeling of insecurity or that anyone was above anyone else. It was really nice. And I'm not sure why she's crying so hard about it, but um, it, it's nice. It's nice. I wish that that could spill over into our entire community. I don't know why it doesn't. I don't think it's a male thing. If that's what you guys think I'm saying, I'm not. It's just that I think that Elsie and I work really hard to cultivate an atmosphere that is based on wanting to support one another regardless of who and how they are. Right. And I think that part of it is not just about the inclusivity that we want to have for women. Yes. um, but For everyone. uh, Yeah. But also with the fact that when we looked at those people who were going to be speaking or people that were going to be given the stage, we really went on the the merits of the individual and, yes, and their, their expertise and their expertise. Right. And it's like we recognized that there's so many of us that have a vast amount of knowledge that often aren't given the stage, that often aren't supported, that can do all of these things, but they're overlooked because somebody else has always been there, right? Right. You always see the same people, like those are the speakers. Oh my God, it's the famous people. And we don't really get an opportunity to let the community speak and understand that they're brilliant as well, right? And it also doesn't uh, reflect back into... Download numbers. You know what I mean? You don't get the stage because you had all of these download numbers for your show. Like you don't, you don't get the stage because you were, I don't know, insert whatever. Like you're, you, you were the first, I, 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 anyway, I don't know. I think you understand what I'm talking about. I here. do. And I think that that's why I get emotional about it is because it just feels like it, it is, it feels very much like us and them. And it, and it's not because we don't want to be part of it, but it feels as if somebody else has decided what the rules are. And then all of a sudden we're like, we're, we're playing this game here. It's like, you know, my, 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 my does this a lot and she's actually gotten a lot better where she'll start to play a game. And then if she starts to either lose or something starts to go off, she changes the rules like right in the middle of it. And she's like, no, no, oh. now this is this. That's funny. Because of this, right? And that's what it feels like. It's like everybody has sort of underwritten some like rules of the game, if you will, or like principles of how we we move, which is all based on community and it's all based on helping each other. And then you, you come into that and then all of a sudden there was all these other rules and you're like, oh, okay, well, I don't know if I want to play that game well, anymore. My question is... Why is what they're playing have anything to do with what you're playing? Like John says a lot of this phrase sandbox, get out of my sandbox. But like, what if it's not your sandbox? What if it's a sandbox that they built and filled with their own goddamn sand? Like, why does it affect us? You at all, especially enough to make you feel like you're no longer accepted in a world that like never acknowledged the independence in the first place. Well, I think that's part, that's part of it. It's because the coverage wasn't sexy. And I think that that really, it really merits the narrative that started to take off when people started to report in the industry was 
the lens of it came from a privileged position, whether it was a geographical privilege, whether it was a relationship privilege, whether it was a legacy media privilege, that's where it came from. I can assure you it is mostly relationship privilege because they're all journalists. Right. And so they all get to know each other and what they're reporting on is what they see. And the they also work with the larger places that get the word out, right? So you get the right. reporting to things like Variety or The Hollywood Reporter because those are like some of the biggest like entertainment news out there, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And they don't really understand, like, they don't come to where, like, the Midwest and, like, you know, I don't know, the South and other parts of the United States where we had podcasters, we've had podcasters, podcasting meetups, local meetups that have been going on forever that have been cultivating these grassroots organizations and they all have leaders and everybody has a a say and they all have education already there, maybe not as much as we could. And then all of a sudden, all of this stuff starts to come out and it feels like, wait, you don't know what we've been doing that forever, or you're not covering what we're doing in podcasting. You don't see what we've done for our community. You, all of that stuff. So that's what I'm getting at. I totally agree. I feel very similarly to how I felt when I first was an online entrepreneur and I would look at those who were much more successful or making so much more money than me and feeling like, well, yeah, I could do that too if I had no kids or I could exactly. do that too if I, yeah. yeah, well, I mean, eventually I learned to stop looking at them and just do what I do. And once right. I started doing that, I got a lot more successful. I don't know if that's good advice for anyone listening, but stop looking at what they're doing. Just do what you do. I think, well, yeah. And I think that that's unfortunately, you know, when you start to see those that have been successful in the mediums, the majority of, and you know, I'm going to make a huge generalization here, but they've given up a lot to be successful Mm -hmm. in the mediums. Sometimes it could be a horrible thing like, We've been seeing all the reporting from Harvey Weinstein and we've seen like everything that happened in terms of the amount of uh, power that he had in an industry where there was certain behavior that, you know, for the women that said no, which is what we're hearing about a lot now, right? Their careers kind of faltered, but we don't know the ones that said yes. We Yes, we do. Well, all all I'm seeing is... We know a few. Okay. Well, okay. Well, I have not seen reporting on that. Like, meaning yeah. I have not seen like this, these are, but whatever. All I'm saying is whatever that choice was for that woman, I'm sure was not an easy choice. And I'm sure it's something that in some way has messed with their insides. Yes, I'm sure. You know? Okay. So they've yeah. given something up. So that's like a horrible example, but this is not, and it also relationships falter, drug abuse, whatever, mental health, because the industry demands you to focus and to be fierce and to be only about this. And one of the reasons that I felt so stressed out when I was in the industry is because there was a lot of times when I was like, I really don't want to go out for this role yeah, because it wasn't a role that aligned with who I was nor the kind of work I wanted to do. And then I was essentially bullied into going because this is what you get from your... I had calls from my agent and my manager going like, you know, you need to go because essentially 
you're a nobody. You take what you can get. So get over there and get into this. And so you feel like, okay, I'll yeah. go. And so, well, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, so when I was there, given the model that was established, where I had to fit their idea of who I needed to be, I started to lose myself. And podcasting gave it back to me because I was able to be myself and create the content I wanted. I'm not saying you can't do that anymore. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that the culture in which podcasting was created came from not the same models. Like a place of acceptance and not who's the best, who's got the best talent, who's got the most money. Exactly. And so well, we that created makes sense. that and it rose up from that, from that foundation. That's what came up. And that's how we supported each other. And we all knew, oh, you can't do that. You can't go to that event. You can't, oh, you know what? This is the least expensive microphone that you can use to do your thing. This is the choice that you can have to do that. Oh, let's work together and figure it out versus the only way you're going to do it. And I'm not saying that this is what they're sending say. I'm not saying this. But like you need to have a host. Like what were you talking about last thing? You need to have a yeah, whole yeah. list of people who are doing all the things, right? And if it doesn't, the quality of it doesn't meet a certain standard, then it's not worthy. And I can say that all of us in podcasting, like even just, I'm going to give a shout out to the history chicks who've been around forever. And you know, when they started, their audio was crap. Sorry, guys. Just laying it out, laying it out. Their audio was crap. And then now... With learning through the years, building an audience who love their work, even when their audio was less than stellar, have now become phenoms, amazing podcasters, first and foremost, above anything and everything. And I'm just, I'm glad they're doing so well. In independent podcasting, years and experience behind the microphone doing the thing that you do. Yeah. really matters. It does matter. Of course it matters. But they don't see it the same way because they've been behind the microphone doing what they do. They just are now doing it for a different medium. But to them, it's the same. They are experienced because they were in radio. You right. can't take, you can't necessarily take that away. No, you can't. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that. And, and, I, and that's not the and that's not the point. I've, I know, but I've learned so much. Like I said, in the last episode, I was saying you guys need to go subscribe to that Gimlet Media, uh, you know, podcast because it was really good. I learned so yeah, many yeah. different things like that stuff. I that stuff we don't know. Right. That's yeah. I mean, I'm not even talking but, about the, the quality of their content. I'm just saying they're not untalented just because they were in radio. Quite the opposite. Right. And that again, that's not the problem. The problem is that it's only that independence in from what I have perceived are people who are not affiliated with one of these corporations or one of these public media. And that means like a, a independent audio professional right. versus an independent podcaster, which is what I consider myself. Am I a professional podcaster? Nah. Um, I don't know. You know, I am... Um, sort of. I am a professional in podcasting, I would say, right? I am an expert in podcasting. Yes, I can definitely put that hat on my head and I can own up to that because I know Carrie Hoffman also mentioned that the literacy of all of these different verticals within the podcasting space does need to rise up. And I feel that 
the, my literacy in all the verticals in podcasting space is fairly high. So Great. I can speak to all of these different places, not just as a host, but everything else. But what I'm saying is like when they're talking about the independence, they're talking about the independent like audio pro person. Right. That's what's hard, right? Because that's like Jen Briney, Jim Harold. Yeah. Those guys are independent. That's like an independent podcaster right there. Those two. Well, and they also make a ton of money on their show, which uh, is great. Yeah. And who does all their stuff? They do. They have some support, right. listener driven, but that's what they do. So the no agenda, even the no agenda dudes, you know? What do you think in a, a perfect world with the two camps getting along and respecting one another looks like? Like, how does that look to you in your head? What would be different specifically? This is a great question because I've been sitting with this for a while too. I think that there needs to be, and when I use the term diversity here, I'm not talking about the way that we might hear it in other spaces. I'm going to be talking about podcasting industry diversity. The number one thing is that those that are in the legacy models, those that are in that have been in media in the past need to also acknowledge the professionalism of those of us that have zero training in that, mm -hmm. but have become professional in podcasting. Like that's our resume. So to just see that, right, in terms of the amount of hours spent behind the microphone, the amount of knowledge that we have built up in running a show on our own, like people like Jen Briney, like people like Jim Harold, who have essentially, they have an insight into the space that would really benefit the others, right? So I'm saying That's it. In, in a perfect world, they would call a meeting and interview everyone or I want to know like semantics. They would have to be part of the board. Well, they might be someday. I mean, they might be soon. He still has 17 Yeah, no, I know. He's still, well, that's left. what I'm saying. Right. Uh, he, they, yeah. They need to be heard in that room. And there need to be people who are creating media in podcasting that are nonprofit, in addition to for-profit players there. Uh, there need to be educators that are part of the educational model in podcasting that lead with education in some way, whatever that might be. And they also there also needs to be the developers, people who are creating things for podcasting. Yeah. It sure would be helpful if they would ask people who podcast what they need before just <laughs> developing. Like, yeah. Shit. And that's, that's what I'm saying. It's like, <laughs> that's a very good point. No, that, I mean, developers need to be part of this conversation. And lastly, I don't even know how this can be, but I do feel that there needs to be representation for the listener. And I feel that I don't know what the qualifications are for that, but it would be like a professional podcast listener, somebody who's been listening what? to podcasts from the beginning. Listen, Jess, I'm telling you, I don't know how this is going to happen, but this is where we turn the thing on its head. Professional listener. Yeah. Well, that can and she loves said. podcasting, has been a, a vast podcast listener from the early days, may or may not have tipped their finger into creating shows, but are primarily led by their love of podcasting and they've consumed content from way early on. And that should be you, I think. That sounds all like the me. way. That's an Elsie thing. Now, because 
we need to have there's a lot of decisions that are essentially happening in the space that are were being done by people who are looking at the bottom line they're looking of how do we serve advertisers how do we serve producers which is a good thing how do we serve you know these larger companies but nobody is advocating for how it's going to be received by the actual other end of things yeah like they don't, nobody knows what people are doing like when they're like I mean we have Edison Research who reports back on data Mm-hmm. And we can then find that data and make it up, and then it becomes this is what we think. But we don't actually have the voice of like, well, that doesn't work. Somebody who's testing these things. It's so annoying to hear the dynamic ad insertions right now. It's so annoying. It's amazing the fact that apps are developing ways to skip over content because it makes it easier for me as a listener to continue listening to a show. So that's my last thing the listener needs to be represented in some way and i don't know yeah that how it looks do like that i don't know how that looks like i don't either so that's a lot of talking it, it was a lot of talking moving on to oh. a lovely piece that was done by tom webster of edison digital i thought he wrote a very nice piece about the problem the he called it the biggest mistake in podcasting but I believe his answer to the biggest mistake was not having a governing entity. And I don't know how I feel about that. He did announce something I didn't know, which was that the International Podcast Association is now defunct. Hmm. And I mean, they just started putting it together, I think, right. last year at PodFest. So that's kind of yeah. sad. It is sad. Very but sad. I mean, I know it happened because... Everyone has full-time shows and full-time jobs, and that is a full-time job. Hello. Yes. So what's the solution? I mean, I mean, should there be an independent? Should we start like the BAFTA of podcasting? Like, do we need an independent entity? Can we create one association that has best practices? Is that being going to be done without us, us meaning the independents? Or what do you think? I would love something like that to exist. I do feel that one of the reasons that I've stepped away from pursuing anything related to that, because I have had people approach me a few times about it. To start it? Not to me start it, but like, to be a part we of should it. do this, you know, da, 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 yeah. I totally believe in it. But you're right, Jess. It is a full time job. It really is. Job. Like, it's not something that I'd be like, here, let's just have a meeting once. And like, it's not a job that pays. And it's not a job that pays. Which is a problem. Pays. Unless it's underwritten somehow and somebody's yep. salary is underwritten or they have some kind of independent wealth, <laughs> Gary Leland, then uh, <laughs> I think that we're out of luck when it comes to that. It's going to be probably governed by a corporation because they have all the cash. We know. Or it can be, and I guess one thing, hats off to the Podcast Academy, is that they do have Fundage. The fundage. Yeah, they've got the money. They also have the clout and they have the visibility that we don't. So in in some degree, like I've always been a proponent, like for me, an organization like this would entail a variety of different uh, categories within it, right? That would be advocating for the good of the medium versus what I feel the Podcast Academy is doing right now is advocating for the good of the content, Mm-hmm. Right? Because the content grows, people listen to podcasts. But then there is also another aspect that needs to be really addressed, which is podcasting outreach, podcasting education, addressing privacy issues, being able to understand what the advertising industry 
issues need to be, like mm-hmm. governing that aspect of it, being able to understand pay in some way, right? In the way that right. being part of SAG is, like I'm still like, how do you say it? Something. Are you a member I'm of, part SAG? of SAG? I'm a member of SAG, but I am something there's a title of it like i don't pay dues because i'm i'm not not actively in good per- standing that's well it, it is actually Isn't it is it? not yes but it's not not good standing there's a word for it as long as i don't pursue acting in sorority it's a member not in good standing m i g you're a mig you're a mig well, if you're not yeah and so like i don't pay because i'm not actively right pursuing. no dues right i'm not actively doing that but i yes i am part of sag and it took me forever to be able to pay the dues on that and, and part of equity as well, you know, so I am that as well. But given that though, those are the or types of organizations that really are proponents for the professionals in the space, but they don't necessarily advocate for the industry. Like we were just talking about, let's say gender equality in the movies, you know, in yeah. the way that there's some people who are spearheading that and calling attention to women directors and all of that stuff. That's not part of like the Oscars. Right. right. That's not their job. That's something else. The, what those is are it? organizations. I don't even know what they're called, but those are organizations <laughs> that that's what they do. That's what they're constantly. So it's like they're the pain in the butts to all the people who are just trying to make more money. So I don't know if they want to do that, but I do feel that is important. We do need to have a governing bipartisan, I guess, impartial uh, something. A bipartisan, impartial governing body for podcasters for it's kind of like a like a union you know like union rep like a union rep that comes in and goes like this is what the people are actually feeling but not just for the people who work there but also to advocate for the listeners for privacy for bringing the facts to the table like a rep of some kind you know that has that that thing there I mean, everything has that. I've been binging on SUV of SVU again because I just found out that it was on Amazon Prime and I love that show. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they always have like, who are those people? Like if somebody kills somebody, then the there's the people that come and do the, the internal affairs, like internal affairs. Like we need to have like internal affairs too. Internal Even though everybody affairs? hates internal affairs. Like people who are like there to check that things are going right, that that check that we're really addressing these issues. Like even the way like people who are, who can't see, people who can't necessarily hear, like what are the plans to make sure that accessibility is front and center for developing players, for developing transcriptions, for all that crap that is just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. I love that you're an advocate for accessibility. So what we're going to do, people, is we would love to hear your thoughts. We would love to hear, as long as they're not bitter and angry, be kind. Be kind. Be Be kind is always good. Be kind and be gentle. Please do not rant on our phone, but yeah, go ahead. (laughs) No, but this is what really distinguishes podcasting from anywhere else here. And it's what we're talking about, the hierarchical aspects of it, right? Your voice can be heard. And if you want or something has come up that you feel like, you know what, this is really good. I really agree with you or I really disagree. And just go ahead and, and let us know. You can email us over at feedback at shepodcast.com. You can attach an, a voice memo from your phone. Most of you guys listening are in some way podcasters. You can get behind the microphone. You can, you know, even 
Send you know, us audio if you want. Send us audio straight from there. Do try not to go over like a minute or so because I do know that people tend to talk a lot. Like we you are podcasters. Do. You're a podcaster. We get that. Maybe you're asking a lot. Maybe. But also, I just want to also say that if you guys want to be informed and not just go off of what we thought, all of the links to anything we've discussed, yes, are including in the, the video of the keynote, including Pod News released the entire keynote as audio, plus the Q&A that happened behind that. And you can subscribe to Pod News as a mm, podcast, and please do because as a podcast, yeah, so that you can listen to that from your own ears, and you can make your own decisions based on this, so that you can. That's it. That's it's powerful for you to be able to do that and not just be swayed by what you read. I, I'm a really huge proponent of that. Yeah. So please write us. Let us know what you think. To sum up, Elsie's point is: <laughs> ask questions before you make statements. My point is, why can't we all just get along? That was basically <laughs> an hour's worth of content summed up in two seconds, two sentences. Am I wrong? No, that's pretty, that's pretty good. Elsie's like, good. just ask before you do stuff. And I'm like, just everybody be nice to one another. Just do your Please. research. Do your research. And not do, do your, and not do your research by asking Facebook. Like, don't do that. Who does that? Oh, okay. Um, wow. The whole world does that. Oh my God. Okay. We're just going to stay on that topic here and then we will discuss other things. Maybe we'll have a lovely feedback episode next week. But before we go, though, we have to let people know about our super squad and the specialness that we're doing. Hello. So here's the thing. So you guys, we have this special thing. It's called the She Podcast Super Squad. And we created it because. We have a harder time being in the podcast Facebook group, the large one, a lot because it's it's very time consuming and, and it's growing incredibly. And it's, yeah, it's a lot. That said, we are really huge believers in being able to give you as much free, well, not free, but accessible, good information that will help you continue podcasting and build community. The solution that we found is by creating this extra little special place, which is the super squad, which you can at this moment call. <laughs> I know it's a special, it's a this special is place. exactly why you don't do these. Now I remember I why. You don't extra special this. super place. Special. Uh, it's $5 a month at this moment. $5 a month. $5 a month. Uh, on Patreon. So if you go to patreon.com slash podcast, you get access to this. Now, what do you get? You get a Q&A with one of us every single week. So you get essentially free coaching for you, answering whatever question you have about podcasting. Right. And between Jess and I, I guarantee we can get you an answer that is anything. not anything. You get our undivided attention. Yes, and we did, and, and we our experience. Look at your stuff. Yeah, we don't like go and go like, well, I don't know. Like, no, we spend time to be really clear about it, and we have now over. Thanks a for year. selling it, else. I know. Sorry, no, we do. We do spend a lot of time anyway. But one of the bonus things that we're going to start doing this year is that we're going to have meetups whenever Jess and I go to conferences. So our very first Super Squad meetup, yes, yes. we're just going to have a lunch. So everybody's going to come together and have lunches. 
um, to where our lunch We're not is. buying We're the lunch. We're not buying the lunch. We're eating We're, it we together. We're not at the point where we can buy the lunch yet. That's right. We're facilitating the meetup together. Yes. And it's going to be happening at PodFest. At PodFest. March 7th during lunchtime. That's Saturday. We don't know exactly location or specific time just yet. We will let you know then and we'll post it in the group. So if you're part of the group, you'll know when it's going to be and where. But yeah, it's lunch on Saturday. It's with me and Elsie and we're really excited. It's going to be fun. Maybe instead of lunch, we should just go down the water slide a few times. Oh my God. And also, if you happen to be in Florida and you're a part of the Super Squad, but you happen to sadly not be a, uh, attending PodFest, you can still come because yeah. this, is, this is just for cheap podcast super squad so and again what how, what do you get how do you get in it five dollars a month that's it five dollars a month patreon.com slash podcast and there you have and it. if you're not at podfest yet go to podfestexpo.com um especially if you're in and around the florida area it is definitely worth coming to it's a really nice community feel a family feel all levels of podcasters are welcome and appreciated. And it's going to be so fun. Again, podfestexpo.com. And thank you so much for listening. If you've gotten it this far, um, we do appreciate it. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at she podcast. Our group is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash she podcast. And our show notes are at she podcast.com. And again, if you have something to tell us about today's show, you can email it feedback at shepodcast.com or you can go to pod shepodcast.com and leave us a voice message thank you guys so much thank you to elsie and john uh love you mean it bye, bye. bye.